We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned for why we love using Zen for the podcast. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Archaeotech Podcast, episode 115. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Today I talk about a scary tech situation. Let's get to it. All right, folks, you know, I was really considering taking the week off because, quite frankly, I've been super busy. <laughs> we didn't have a guest, and uh, I had some field work last week, and it was causing me to get behind on a lot of stuff, uh, not to mention a Civil Air Patrol conference. However, I had field work last week, and I need to talk about some situations that we're starting to put ourselves in as we go, I think, more digital, I think more, how should I say, uh, reliant on technology. Now, that's a weird thing to say because what I want to talk about is GPS and, and GIS and situations like that and dealing with them. And for years now, we've been using Trimble GPS devices. However, with the shift to iPads, or I shouldn't say iPads, I should say the shift to tablets, I'm very Apple-centric. However, stuff works on all tablets. Well, there's one piece of software out there that doesn't work on all tablets, but most things work on all tablets. So with the shift to that, the shift in thinking to tech with technology is, okay, if I'm going to use a tablet for my site recording to take photos, to write down descriptions, then I need to use a tablet for absolutely everything else. And that is a weird way to think about it, isn't it? That is a really weird thing to say. Now, perhaps that was true when we went to computers. Let's say back in the day, obviously writing site records on uh, typewriters and plotting your location on a map by photocopying it and then you know physically drawing on a map where your site location is and then attaching all that together and then sending it into the shipo or the BLM, right? Well, when computers came around, people are like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. So you started using uh, word processing documents to create your site forms. And then all of a sudden mapping became a thing on there and we were able to create maps and print maps and do everything. So the computer became the source of all technology for what we were doing. It just depended on what app you were using. And yes, they're called apps, software, application. It's all the same thing. Anyway, this is an interesting shift now that we're having. So we go from, we go from, in, it's weird. In the field, we were doing lots of different things. And in the office, we were doing lots of different things. When the computer came along, we consolidated that technology into basically one tool that was doing almost everything for us. But up until now, We've used several tools out in the field. We use, obviously, a compass. We use a GPS. We use a clipboard or uh, or nowadays a tablet for writing down your site descriptions. We use a camera, an external camera. So it's four different pieces of technology. Yes, they're all technology. Uh, four different, five if you want to include a pencil, right? Okay. Um, so <laughs> at least four different pieces of technology. And we're using all these things to do our job. But then tablets come around and people are like, well, I need to use a tablet to do everything. And you're going to create me the app to do that. I do sales for WildNote, and I I tell you what, there isn't a person I talk to that doesn't say, well, can it do this? Can it do this? Can it do this? And my common tagline is, can your clipboard do that? Because, yeah, probably will be able to do it eventually. But right now, we're focusing on just really hammering in on the data collection side from a textual and photographic standpoint, because there's plenty of people out there that have really hammered down the GIS standpoint, the GPS stuff that you need to do. 
So we're not going to reinvent the wheel right now. Of course, we would like an all-in-one solution application, but I think the way to play nicely with others is to really just integrate their system into yours and vice versa, rather than trying to put somebody else out of business who's a billion-dollar company and say, hey, we're tiny little and we're going to make this. No, it doesn't make any sense. So uh, I think that that is the best way moving forward. Now, when I was out in the field last week, I was using a brand new system. I tried using it over the summer, but there, for various reasons I couldn't, and then I didn't find anything anyway. But I had a site to record, and Anatom Geomobile Solutions um, gave me a whose who's ad you've heard on this podcast. Uh, Matt Alexander over there gave me an Arrow 100, which is a little, uh, probably the, I always say size of deck of cards, but it's really not. It's quite a bit bigger than that. <laughs> but it's a small device, about the size of your hand. Uh, that you can wear on a, a lap belt or something like that. And, uh, sorry, a hip belt, um, like a waist belt. Wow, what am I talking about? That you can wear on your hip in like a little holster that it comes with. Uh, and then you route the antenna for that out to your backpack. And he actually gave me a special backpack too that holds his antenna rod. But you can basically drop it into any backpack and just route the wire up the coaxial cable that it comes with. Uh, and that's the antenna. So, that Bluetooths to your device, and then you need a device that can read that. Well, again, this is scary because it's all uncertain. And in the past, I would just grab a Trimble, and sure, there are some things you need to know about setting up a Trimble. There's some software you need to have. There's some things you need to do. But I think because it's been around longer, I just kind of know how to do that. I'm not even sure where and when I learned it, but I just kind of know how to do it. But when it came down to doing this and getting the setup, man, I was I really pushed it. And the day before I was supposed to go out, I'm contacting Matt and I'm saying, I'm having troubles here, I'm having troubles here. And he really helped me through some things. And it was uh, I, I got set up to the point where I could go out and record, but it was still very uncertain. And it was it was a combination of things, right? First, I had to use Collector, which is the, if you don't know, is the online, uh, sorry, is the mobile application for um, Esri, for ArcGIS. And it allows you to collect information, collect GPS data, and um, collect other things, and then, you know, like text and stuff like that. And then basically sync that up with the ArcGIS online service, and then you can produce shapefiles and do things out of there. You can also port it over into um, ArcGIS desktop and, uh, you know, do your normal stuff that you would do to it there. I basically just needed the shapefiles, right? I'm creating the maps. Maps are relatively static for what I need, but I need to also turn in the shapefiles because it's required for the for the BLM and the Forest Service. So, But the uncertainties came in, in in the fact that, A, I'd never used Collector, and B, I'd never used ArcGIS Online. <laughs> and you can't just get an account for that, right? I mean, it's, it's expensive, and I don't have one. And so I got one from uh, Matt just for testing purposes, basically. But even so, trying to set all that up and, and trying to find videos online to help me do that and trying to figure out, well, how do I do all this? How do I do that? And it turns out most people set up their feature classes within ArcGIS Desktop, and that's where they'll set up all the dropdowns they need, right? They'll set symbols and dropdowns and all kinds of things and then sync that over to ArcGIS Online and then create a mobile project out of that, and then you can bring it into your device. Multiple steps. It's totally ridiculous. It's way more complicated than it needs to be. It should just be, hey, let's build this. Um, I'm looking for these features, points, lines, and polygons, and I want to collect these data about them. I don't know why it has to be more complicated than that. But that's why people are trying to go away from Esri, because it is that complicated. So anyway, that was from a company owner standpoint, and I was also the crew chief, the project manager, the field technician. <laughs> it was just me. It was a short, tiny little thing. So I just did it myself. And it was... 
it was nerve wracking. I got to tell you. Uh, I mean, it's a technology and a science that you can learn, but uh, I kind of waited till the last minute, which was my fault, and I didn't. I didn't learn it adequately. I learned it enough to take the points that I needed to take, and I checked the data points while I was out there, and it was collecting, you know, all the stuff from the Era One Hundred because that's crucial, and because uh, otherwise. Why would you even use that? Um, you can have a highly accurate point, but if you don't have all the position position data and accuracy data about that point, then it's like it didn't happen, right? It just doesn't matter. So anyway, I was using those, and I got all the information out, and now all's well and fine with the world. But my point of this short, tiny little rant is just be careful. You know, we gotta we can't jam everything into one device. Honestly, I wish I'd had a tremble. It would have been easier. But I'm glad that I have this stuff because I want to learn this new system. I want to learn it's new to me anyway. I want to learn how to use it because I think in the end, having everything in one device is actually better. I mean, I, I actually just use my iPhone ten now. And thinking back to doing this even just a few years ago, I would have had my big ass metal clipboard and I would have had my tremble tromping through and over uh, loose and unstable rocks with all that stuff. And, you know, how many times have you seen somebody drop a tremble or go face down with a tremble and it's in their hand and they just face plant it? Well, now when I'm walking out there, I've just got my water and uh, my phone is sitting up in my pocket unless I need it out for navigation. And then when I have to do something, it's already paired and connected to the device and I just pull it out. Um, I open WildNote, collect the textual data about it, flip quickly over to to collector and it's usually ready to go. If it's not, it takes just a couple seconds to reacquire the position. And then I shoot a point there, uh, write some things down about that so I can match it all up and then move on. And at the very end of the day, uh, all that is actually quite a bit quicker because with the shape files, I'm able to pull those into QGIS, print off a quick uh, map that shows the points that I took. And uh, I'm able to, you know, obviously save those shape files so I can send them off to the BLM as well. Uh, I think the Forester was actually in this case. And then with WildNote, I, I came in and I tightened up the site form for about maybe five minutes. Um, I just added a couple things I didn't bother to do in the field because I had a six-hour drive back to Reno. But I tightened up a few things and then hit one button, and I had the Nevada IMAX site form with photographs and, and everything ready to go. Photo log, photographs, all that stuff. So ultimately, these things are better, right? These things are better because they save us time. I am ridiculously busy. I'm recording this at 10 after 6 at night. Um, my wife keeps texting me, asking me where I am. It's because I've been busy all day, right? I don't have time for sitting there and typing up a site record and dealing with all the BS. So in the end, it is a better system and I really do. Um, I really do enjoy it. So anyway, uh, that's that's it for now. Um, I'm going to do a short app of the day right after these uh, couple ads you're going to hear. And please listen to them because we're trying to we're trying and, and respond. I'm only putting stuff on there that you guys might actually get something out of. <laughs> so uh, listen to it, respond. Um, we're trying to keep the APN going. And quite frankly, uh, we need advertisers and we need members uh, if we're going to do that. So we're about to hit our five-year anniversary on December 5th, 2019. And it's kind of a make or break year. You know, it's got to it's got to prove itself worthy because I simply don't have time to do it anymore. And the only way we can have somebody else do it is a volunteer or, which nobody wants to do anything for free except me, or, um, uh, you know, hire somebody to do some of the editing and stuff like that. So 
Anyway, uh, enough of that. Let's head on to the App of the Day segment where I'll tell you about a quick app I found um, a couple weeks ago, and I really like it. Back in a second. Chris Webster here for the Archaeology Podcast Network. We strive for high-quality interviews and content so you can find information on any topic in archaeology from around the world. One way we do that is by recording interviews with our hosts and guests located in many parts of the world all at once. We do that through the use of Zencaster. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Zencaster allows us to record high-quality audio with no stress on the guest. Just send them a link to click on and that's it. Zencaster does the rest. They even do automatic transcriptions. Check out the link in the show notes for 30% off your first three months or go to Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com and use the code Archaeotech. That's A-R-C-H-A-E-O-T-E-C-H. The word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back, and this week we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. All right, this is Chris Webster back with episode 115 of the Archaeotech podcast, and this is your App of the Day segment. So again, it's just me today, so it's going to be quick, but I've been watching this YouTube series when I can uh, about basically this couple who's their digital nomads. They, they started in 2006. They've been on the road since 2006. They started in a van, you know, living in that and traveling around, doing product reviews, things like that. Um, and then they're both, I think they're both software engineers, and they do stuff like that on the side. And then... Uh, they got an RV, and then they, you know, did remodels and different things. So they got it's actually a bus. It looks really cool. Uh, and then a few years ago, they went and got a forty-eight foot Bayliner uh, uh, yacht. So now they're living on that and traveling around. And I've been following that because I want to do the exact same thing within the next couple of years, and uh, that would be super cool. But in the meantime, they're creating apps that they thought they need it because there's nothing else out there like that. So one of the ones that I checked out that they created um, is called Coverage, uh, and there's Coverage with a question mark, and I've got Coverage Lite just because I wanted to try it out and it's free. I don't know if there's a time frame on it or not, but basically the cool thing is there's little uh, toggle switches in the upper right-hand corner, and you've got AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, and uh, T-Mobile. So I can turn them all on, I can turn them all off, they're all different colors, so I can see who's got the best coverage for where I'm at. Uh, but if I, I have an AT&T phone, for example, so if I go over, I can see myself on the map. And uh, I've got buttons across the bottom that say Roam, 2G, 3G, 4G, and LTE. And so then I can see, well, I'm headed over to this area. Am I just going to have 2G coverage or 3G coverage? Or am I going to have full LTE coverage? And that is pretty cool, i got to say. I've tested it in a few places I've been, and it seems accurate. Um, I'm looking at this huge swath of Interstate 80 through central Nevada that's got no coverage, and that is uh, very accurate. But when I flip the Verizon button on, plenty of coverage. Bastards. So... Uh, also Sprint, weirdly enough, and T-Mobile. Who thought it? Who would have thought AT&T has the worst coverage on Interstate 80? 
I don't know if that comes as a shock to everyone or not. But anyway, uh, it's a pretty cool app. Again, I'm using the free version um, with the paid version, and it's only like three bucks. Give them the money. I probably will. Um, I just wanted to see what this looked like. But with the free version, when you zoom way in, uh, you get uh, kind of a blocky representation of the coverage map. You're supposed to get HD coverage, um, HD representation of that, so you can really dial into the street that you're on. Now, here's the big question. Where is this data pulling from? Is it pulling from a source that's updated by one of uh, the four carriers here, and you can automatically update that in the app because this probably doesn't work offline. It's probably pulling from somewhere. Or are they going in periodically and updating the coverage map based on published coverage maps from the uh, providers? That is a good question, and I don't know. So uh, take that for what it is. But I think, at the very least, this might not tell you if there's new service in an area, but it'll tell you if there has been service because the chances of them shutting off service somewhere probably pretty slim. Uh, so this this is at least current up to a certain standard. And the best case scenario is if it tells you you don't have service, you might have service. <laughs> so, um, But what it's not going to tell you, I would assume, is that you're going to have service and then you won't have service, right? I don't think it's going to go that direction. So pretty useful app and I like it. And I'm going to check out some of the other stuff that they have um, to offer. And just in case you're wondering, I know you can probably do this in the Android store, but I'm not as familiar with it. But in the Apple store, if you like an app from somebody, go there and check it out and then click on more from this developer and see other things that they're doing. Because ch chances are, if you like one that they did, you might like others. And I think that's going to be the case uh, for this because these guys, they make all kinds of apps for people who are digital nomads, for people who travel around. And I tell you what, that defines CRM archaeology. We are nomads nonetheless. I don't know about digital nomads. We should be, but we're definitely nomads. So... Uh, moving all around, need that information, check it out. So coverage question mark, and I got coverage question mark light for free. All right, that's all I've got this week. Hopefully, uh, we'll have something for you next time if we can get our act together. Uh, please, Chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. If you are working on a project, and I don't care what you're doing, if you're working on a project and there's a tech aspect to it, and I'll tell you what, if you're working on a project and there isn't a tech aspect to it, I almost want to know that more because... How? It's 2019, almost 2020. Either way, there's going to be a tech aspect to it, and, and you may not even know it. It might just be GIS, but I want to know how you're using it. We want to learn from you and, and maybe learn from your mistakes even, and so other people can listen to this, because we get people of all skill levels listening to this podcast, and there's probably people that have been in this business for 15, 20 years and struggle, like I do, with a simple thing like making a map in ArcGIS, and maybe we can talk about that, okay? So... Send me your suggestions. I'll send you a link so you can get on our calendar. If you want to go straight to the website at arcpodnet.com forward slash archaeotech, and on the right side it says schedule an interview, you can see all of our interview times. It's 2 p.m. Pacific uh, every other Tuesday. So go check that out. Go get on there. Get on the schedule, and we'll have a quick 40-minute interview with you. It's super fast. Paul and I are both archaeologists. He's a PhD. I have a master's degree. Um, he's worked all over the world, uh, Middle East. Uh, I've worked uh, all over the United States and in Africa, and um, it's just a fun chat with some archaeologists that have some experience. So, Chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Thanks for that, and uh, hopefully we'll speak again soon. <laughs> we don't cancel the show, and we'll see you guys next time. Happy Halloween. Thanks for listening to the Architect Podcast. Links to items mentioned on the show are in the show notes at www.arcpodnet.com slash Archaeotech. 
Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com and paul at lugal.com. Support the show by becoming a member at arcpodnet.com slash members. The music is a song called Off-Road and is license-free from Apple. Thanks for listening. This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US dollars a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to archpodnet.com slash members for more info.